Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite show? Good news. Ad-free listening on Amazon Music is included with your Prime membership. Just head to Amazon.com slash ad-free lifestyle to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Enjoy thousands of ACAST shows ad-free for Prime subscribers. Some shows may have ads. This is The Secret Library, a podcast about writing and publishing books. I'm Caroline Donahue, a life coach who works with writers, and I'm here to tell you this is your year. It's time to stop waiting and start writing. This is episode 50. My guest this week is Natalie Obando, who is the founder of Do Good Public Relations and the author of How to Get Publicity for Your Book. She graduated from California State University, Long Beach, with a BA in journalism, an emphasis in public relations, and a minor concentration in creative writing. And she started working in the PR industry in 2008, and her love for books and PR transpired into the career of her dreams as a literary publicist. She's been a panelist and speaker at some of the most well-regarded literary conferences in the industry, including the San Francisco Writers' Conference, the West Coast Writers' Conference, and the Central Coast Writers' Conference. She's also a judge for several book awards, including the highly sought-after Benjamin Franklin Award from the Independent Book Publishers Association. I wanted to have Natalie on today to talk about publicity, which can be a really scary topic for authors. It seems like the opposite of hiding in your hiding away in your study, working on your book. So Natalie helps to debunk kind of some myths about publicity and to share what getting publicity from uh, for your book means and what you can do for yourself, as well as when you might want to hire a publicist. So let's give it a listen for Natalie. Hey, Natalie, thanks so much for coming on. Hey, Caroline, thanks for having me. So you have two layers of expertise and probably more than that, but two in particular (laughs) that I wanted to bring in. And one is that, you know, you run Do Good Public Relations. And so I wanted to talk about the relationship between PR and books, and also to talk about the press that you're launching. So why don't we start with the PR? And maybe you can give us an overview, because I think a lot of people just go, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Um, Yeah. And maybe we can calm their nerves a little bit with like, what is the the general landscape of marrying PR and having a book come out? Okay. Well, you know, you're totally right in that when people hear the word publicity or public relations, they just kind of jump out of their skin and it seems so foreign. Um, But, you know, I think part of uh, PR in the book world is just having the right mindset. So, you know, whenever you have um, a book coming out or you're an author, you just kind of have to start thinking of yourself as a business. And any uh, successful business really needs to keep themselves in the public eye. And that's all that PR and, and publicity does. It it introduces your book to readers, um, targeted readers, and and really kind of uh, gets you out there to people who might not otherwise have ever known about you or your book. Um, so that's generally all it is. What a 
specialized publicist does when it comes to, um, you know, helping launch a book and, and getting an author out there is they reach out to different types of media um, specifically targeted for your book and in hopes to get, uh, you know, you some coverage in, on different platforms. But there's a ton of different ways to publicize your book. So it doesn't always have to be, you know, specifically with a book publicist. I always tell people that you can do your own publicity in so many different ways. That's one of the reasons I wrote my book, which is uh, how to get publicity for your book, um, because there's a, a ton of ways that you can just kind of reach out to different groups, different media outlets, you know, with the dawn of social media, it just makes it so much easier to to really connect with people. So it's 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 a lot easier than it sounds. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's important to number one, lower the blood pressure and the yeah. the nerves <laughs> for one thing, because I think a lot of people are writers because they want to hide. And I definitely share that impulse of sort of hiding away from the public. And it's this sort of strange line that happens that, okay, you finished the book. Now you have to be like crazy public and get out there and really connecting with other people. And so maybe you could talk about what kinds of things people can generally do for themselves and what situations might make you want to hire a publicist and work with someone else on your team? Sure. So, you know, generally what authors can do, and I always, I tell authors, uh, publicity starts at the inception of your book. So once your book is, you know, already finished and you, you know, it's edited and it's, going to be published, whether it's self or with a publishing house, that's when you start your PR. So first, you know, you want to build your online platform. And that means having a website that's professional um, and, and different layers of social media. So whether it be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all of them, um, whatever you feel comfortable with. And that really aligns with who you're reaching out to. So if you're reaching out to younger millennials, then you probably want to have Snapchat and Instagram. Whereas if your readers tend to be a little bit older, then you probably want to stick with Facebook and Twitter. Um, so you kind of have to go with where your readers are. And then, you know, there's a ton of ways you can kind of reach out to different groups. I mean, there's a ton of Facebook groups that you can ask to be a part of. Um, and that way you're actually reaching directly to your reader. So with social media, it's nice. It's you're actually reaching or, or connecting directly to your reader. Whereas when you reach out to um, media contacts, they're kind of your filter between, you know, your reader um, and you. So if you did want to reach out to media contacts, however, you can always reach out to them via social media. And, you know, traditionally, as a publicist, we used to reach out, you know, through this program that we use that pretty much all publicists use. And, you know, we would send out query letters and pitches and press releases and things like that. But I've been finding the most success by just actually stalking media contacts on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter and seeing what they're posting about, what they like, and starting a conversation with them on social media. And chances are what that says about you is that one, you know what they like, and two, you you think that what you have is uh, in alignment with what they like. So th it's nice for them because they know that you're already researching what they like instead of sending out, say, a mass press release. So those are a couple of things that you can do. 
if you wanted to do some in-person things with your readers, uh, reaching out to your local bookstore is always great. Uh, they're always looking for local authors to come in-house and, and read. Uh, a lot of times there are local author days for a lot of indie bookstores where a bunch of local authors will get together and read on a panel or, you know, read for the morning and sign books. And it's nice because you're kind of crossing over audience lines. I think the thing that I, I really want to get across to people listening is that it's important to remember that all of these media outlets that you're working for are looking for content. They're not, Yes, <laughs> I think that it's this, it's so easy. There's so many messages out there like, oh, it's so hard to write. And yes, it is hard, but it's worth it. And it's not that every media outlet is going to be annoyed by you reaching out to them. No, not at all. And especially if they know that you're reaching out and you know what they like. Um, I've had media contacts get annoyed when we send out press releases, because when we send out press releases, it tends to be kind of like this mass release. And a lot of people look at that as spam nowadays. So if you kind of just, you know, really research who your target is and make sure that uh, they're a good platform in regard to your audience is actually, you know, reading or, or listening to that platform. So for instance, if you're writing middle grade fiction uh, or, you know, young adult, are your, are your readers actually listening to or being influenced by the outlet that you're reaching out to or the person that you're reaching out to? So you have to make sure that it makes sense. And once you do that by some social media research, it really kind of helps the, the, editor or the reporter or whoever you're reaching out to because you're providing them with content that they already want. Exactly. It's like, how can you make their lives easier? If they're exactly. trying to put out a new article or a new piece or a new podcast or whatever they're putting out, newspaper article every day, and you see that they're putting out tons of articles about like dogs and you've written a book about dogs, then you can say, hey, I see that your people love dogs. You want some more dog stuff? I got it. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, even if it's a dog rescue outlet or, you know, the whatever animal channel, stuff like that. I mean, people also love a good human interest story. So I always tell my authors, like, don't limit yourself by the content of your book. Like, what is the story behind you? And that was one of the ideas we had with a recent campaign that we ran. Um, uh, our author, Robin Finn, she uh, wrote a really steamy uh, contemporary women's fiction novel. And, you know, it, it was great, but do people really care about another, you know, women's fiction novel? And odds are not really, but the story behind the novel was what really set her apart. And the story was, is that, you know, she is um, a mother of a child with special needs and she brings that uh, mother and special or and, and son to life in the book. And, you know, her writing that book actually helped her cope with being a, a mother of a child with special needs. And so that was the story behind the book. And that's actually what gave her a really good platform to sell her book on. And, you know, she's been in the LA Times, she's been featured in a lot of, you know, national and regional press, but it was 
her story and not necessarily the story in the book that really resonated with the media and, and with readers. That's so cool. So how, yeah. do you, how do you work with writers? Because again, there is this point in writing life, particularly if you're a first time author, who, where you're kind of alone in your space or your coffee shop or your house writing and you're separate from the outside world. And then there's this point when you have to put not only your work, but yourself out there and that can feel incredibly vulnerable. So what tips do you have for dealing with that sort of opening the world up, you know, opening yourself up to that, that experience? Yeah. You know, I deal with that so often and I feel like, you know, as creatives, we kind of tend to just stay in our our own little bubble and we're comfortable there. And a lot of creatives hate talking about their work and they don't give themselves enough credit. And, you know, it that's usually when I come in (laughs) because, you know, some people just don't feel comfortable reaching out at all, while others are okay with switching to the the mind frame that, hey, you know, I'm going to separate myself away from my work and look at it as a business. And, you know, for a lot of authors, it's really hard to do that because your novel is your baby and you you don't want to hear criticism and bad reviews like are, are going to kill you and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, it's a product and uh, you have to think of your product as a business and you are your own biggest cheerleader. Your publicist should be your second biggest cheerleader, but you should be your biggest. And, you know, I think if you can think of your your work as simply your work and your product and you being a business, then you'll have an easier time promoting your work and, and marketing your work. So what have have your authors dealt with, you know, reviews that they didn't like? And and do you have any examples of people getting through that just so some other people can feel a little less scared? Yeah, you know, it's funny because so when I work with people uh, that are in the entertainment industry and, um, you know, this is let's say their first novel or the first book that they've written, but they're in entertainment, um, they don't get that hurt because they know the business of, you know, putting your work out there. Um, when it's a first time author, it's really hard for them to get a bad review. It it really feels like daggers. And, and, you know, a lot of times I have to talk people, um, you know, off the bridge, so to speak, but, you know, like with anything, not everyone is going to agree about it. And you just have to, tell yourself that, you know, if you can change one person's perspective or give them some sort of, you know, good feeling or hope with your writing, then it's completely worth it. You know, it's it's worth the five bad reviews if you really touch someone in a profound way. And that's how I, I tend to look at it. You know, again, different people like different things. So you're not going to please everyone. Um, and that just goes for everything in life. No, I think that's true. And I think if you think about, you know, books that you've read that have totally changed your life, you know, would they have changed your life less if someone else didn't like them? I don't think they would. No, absolutely not. And, you know, that's that's the great thing about being a writer is that your your book, your product is always going to be out there, you know, and it's always going to be there to be able to change someone in that way, which is, you know, why 
I always encourage people to finish your work, get it out there, even if you have to self-publish it. Like it, it doesn't matter. It, it, you know, you can change people's lives and, you know, it's hard, but at the end of the day, it's so rewarding. Definitely. And it's certainly not going to change anyone's life sitting in a drawer. Exactly. Exactly. Or just <laughs> on a drive. Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Things don't sit in drawers so much anymore, but I'm definitely guilty of, of holding back on products and on projects, both. Um, but I think it is important to finish them. So in the, in the line of getting things out there, I want to hear about your publishing project. Yes, I know. We're, we're really excited about it. Um, you know, I've been in book uh, publicity for about nine years now. And so I've, I've just seen it evolve so much. And it's been really a a crazy journey. Um, but it's, it's evolved into something so cool. You know, I mean, there's so many different ways to publish your book now. Um, there's so many ways to get your book into the hands of the right readers. And I think that that's kind of what, uh, started this idea of, Hey, you know what, like we know how, um, publishing works. We've worked with different publishers. We've worked with different authors, whether they were self-published or indie published or published by the big five. And we, we saw the differences in, in the types of um, marketing that they would get um, in-house or the types of marketing that they would have to do for themselves. And then we also saw the differences in distribution. And I think that's one of the key components in, in a publishing um, house is having the right distribution. And so anyways, we, you know, we kind of thought about it. And, um, you know, the story behind my company is that with every campaign that we do, uh, we donate money to um, money or time to a, a nonprofit. And that's basically what uh, the whole theory behind our company is, is doing good, right? So doing good for the community, the world around you, um, hence Do Good PR Group. And so we're launching Do Good Publishing. And what uh, we are doing is looking to serve underserved communities. So we're looking to hear the voices of people that we don't often hear in literature. And I think, you know, right now it's actually a really great time because um, we're starting to hear those voices a little bit more. Uh, and we just kind of wanted to give, uh, you know, the, the literary community that push. And I definitely think that what we'll be doing is is going to be adding to that. So we're going to be publishing all types of books. Our first couple of books are children's books, and we're looking to, uh, you know, launch this in April. Um, but we're actually still looking for submissions. So if you know you, if anyone's listening that uh, has a story that needs to be told, um, we'd love to hear from you. And um, we're accepting submissions through our website. Um, and uh, also, if you just go to info or mail your submissions to info at dogoodprgroup.com, we will accept them that way as well. But um, we're just, you know, really looking to serve voices that we don't often hear. So, um, you know, women voices, minority voices, um, you know, if you just have a really good story that you think needs to be told, we'd love to hear it. Great. We'll definitely link to that in the show notes too. For those of you driving, don't, don't injure yourselves <laughs> to get the, <laughs> to get that email address down. It'll be there. 
So if you could get like the dream submission, like, oh my God, this is the book we've been waiting for. What, what would that look like? So people listening can kind of see if, if they are a match. So dream submission would be, I mean, oh God, there's just so many, you know, it's so funny because I've been thinking about a ton of dream submissions. You know, we really would love to work with uh, more minority women. You know, we'd love to work with uh, refugees, immigrants, anyone that has a story that really just needs to be told right now. And just in general, you know, I, I feel like, we hear so much stuff in the media right now and we just don't get the full spectrum of, of what's going on with these underserved communities and these underserved uh, people. And I think that with literature, you know, it's, it's so great because you, once you read a book, you open a book, you step into that person's life. And I think we really need that right now. You know, in our world, we need to be able to step into these people's lives and really, you know, see what it is to be them and really just create a, a more empathetic community. That's pretty much what we're looking to do. Um, I can tell you that, you know, one of our first projects is we are starting a series of children's books that focuses on dog rescuing. So it, it's kind of cool. And uh, 100% of the profits from those books will be going back to uh, different dog rescue groups. So cool. Yeah, yeah. So we're really excited about that. Um, and, you know, again, we're just looking for ways that we can give a voice to people. And also, meanwhile, we're doing that, give back to that community as well. I love this thought, because it, it's one I've been having recently, too, that if we heard more people's stories, then maybe the world would be different right now. Because as long as people are just kind of statistics, then we don't get the full picture. And there's, exactly. there's so many studies about how people are able to be empathetic in a different way by reading fiction in particular. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And it's, you know, it's funny because in our community, in the literary community, we have such amazing and like just caring people in the literary community and I think it's because of that I think it's because we tend to read those books that we you know we know nothing about and those characters we know nothing about because we want to step into their shoes um and I think if there were more books out like that, then it would be easier for other people to do so. Um, being in the literary community, we know about, you know, all these different books and all these different, you know, authors coming out. And it's just one of those things where, you know, we're kind of on top of that. But if you're just, you know, a regular person who likes to read every now and then for, you know, fun, and you're not, you don't know about these authors, it's really hard to get a hold of those books without doing a little bit of research. And so we want to make those books a lot more accessible to people. Um, and we want to, uh, you know, since our background is in publicity, specifically, we want to be able to, we want to publicize those as much as we possibly can. And I think that's kind of, what sets us apart is that we know that publicity is what sells books, publicity and distribution. And since we have that background, you know, we really want to send that message as, as far as we possibly can. Definitely. I mean, yeah, if you don't know about a book, how are you going to, how are you going to buy it? Exactly. And you know, it's, it's, 
it's kind of a disservice because we have so many really cool indie publishers, but they don't have the right marketing or PR behind their publishing house. So we don't hear about these amazing authors that they have. And, you know, I think that a lot of times publishing houses focus more on the cover and the editing and things like that, which, which are all very important. But it's it's not as important as as getting those amazing books into the hands of the right people. I think that right now we just with social media and and all those really cool platforms to be able to reach out to people. Uh, we have a lot of different ways to be able to do that. And that's what we're hoping to do. So when you're looking for books, because I'm, I always ask this of, of book professionals, like I'm always wanting to get, you know, the sneaky books that other people don't know about. Where do you look for books and what resources do you tend to look for to get kind of outside of the mainstream for reading? It's always word of mouth with me because again, we work in the industry. So it's, it's really easy to kind of hear about these underground books or these books that, you know, no one's really talking about. But, you know, I, I'm always up on the trades and stuff like that. So I read Publishers Weekly often. Um, I read Kirkus Reviews often. Um, San Francisco Book Reviews. I, I always kind of, you know, look at their newsletter and, and see what's getting good reviews and stuff out there. Um, and again, you know, that it's all part of authors getting the right PR. It's like if you're not getting covered by these people, it's really hard for a lot of people to find you. You know, I tend to stick to trade magazines when it comes to to new authors or new books. And also Goodreads. Yeah. <laughs> I love Goodreads. <laughs> it's true. There's tons on there. I think I have this fantasy that somewhere there's this, like, maybe I should start doing this. Not like I don't have other stuff going on, but that there would be a newsletter you could sign up for. And it has like all of the books that are coming out in the next six months so that you can kind of get the jump on them. I mean, I remember working in a bookstore and, you know, the galley cart in the back and, yeah. you know, how he would get these things months in advance and it was so delicious. And I, I sort of want that as a newsletter. So there kind of is, there's NetGalley, right? Okay, yes. I, yeah. So NetGalley is awesome. And what's cool about NetGalley is pretty much like anyone can be a book reviewer. Um, you just have to get like approved by, you know, the publisher um, or whoever is, you know, kind of peddling their book on NetGalley. Like you have to get approved by them uh, for you to review it. But some of them are like instant reviews and you can download them real quick. And all you have to do is review the book on Goodreads and Amazon if you can. Or, But I love NetGalley because, you know, I get books like six months in advance and I'm like, Oh, this is cool. I have a ton of books on my, on my e-reader and I'm never bored. <laughs> no, I just got into Edelweiss um, because uh, of a yeah. book I did. And I was going through and I was like, request, request, request. Yeah, yeah exactly. I know. I do that too. I know I'm not going to get all of them, but I'm just like, mm, I'm going to try. I, um, I am part of the IBPA. So the independent book publish, uh, publishing association and they always have you know really good newsletters and what uh, new indie books are coming out and what new indie publishers are, are launching and things like that so it's it's kind of cool because you get to keep uh, up with industry news yeah because you're judging for them 
Yeah, yeah, I did. I got to judge the uh, sci-fi section and that was a lot of fun. I think I read like 50 books in like two months. (laughs) (laughs) So how did it, let's talk about that because I'm always, I'm so fascinated by the inner workings of judging prizes. So what is that process like? So, you know, it was definitely a lot more than what I signed up for. They, you know, you you have kind of like a tier of what you prefer to judge. And um, I think like sci-fi was like number three on my list. So that, it, I mean, it ended up being great because I, I love sci-fi. But typically, you know, I'll, I'll take like a romance book or something first. And so they send you uh, a bunch of books and, you know, generally anyone can enter for, I think it's the Benjamin Franklin award. Um, Anyone can enter for the award or to submit to the award. And um, I think there's just like a processing fee, which is really minor. And, um, you know, they pick the judges based on their experience in the literary world, which is really nice. So, you know, you have professionals uh, judging your book. But for the most part, we judge everything kind of, I mean, obviously you judge based on content and and storyline and story flow and pacing and things like that. Um, You know, some books were self-published and a lot of people do not get their books edited before they self-publish. And I I always, you know, that's a big deal. Uh, I know self-publishing is kind of, you know, it makes things a lot easier to do. But um, if you do that, then don't send your book in to be judged because, you know, we really take a look at that. Um, But, and then we also see like where the book kind of lands uh, in, in society today, like today's like culture and stuff and you know what it brings to the table and I think there were so many great books I mean sci-fi and fantasy is amazing because you make up these just like crazy worlds but a lot of them resonated with what's going on today like it's just so funny I'm like oh my god I'm living in a sci-fi book right now but uh yeah (laughs) it was it was really fun and, and uh, very interesting. And I just have to say, there are so many great authors out there. And I, I love that. That's actually what made me so happy doing this is reading a lot of the material that I got. I was just like, wow, this is good. This is top 10. Wow, this is top 10. Wow, this is top 10. And to be honest, it was really hard out of those like 50 books to pick the top 10. It, I really had to go back and, you know, I made a lot of notes and I, it, it was just, it was hard judging that, but because everybody, you know, writes in their own way and, you know, every story is, I guess like, it just makes you feel like a, a different emotion than the, the other one. And so it was, it was just hard to kind of say, oh no, this one's the best, you know, cause I felt like they were all so good. Um, but yeah, it just made me happy. Cause I was just like, wow, there's amazing writers out there. And, and I'm so stoked that people are really, you know, putting their work out there and putting their time and energy back into writing. That's so cool. I wonder, did that really fire you up to be, to be publishing more work? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it was funny because I was looking at some of you know the publishers uh, along with some of the really well-written books that I read. And a lot of them were CreateSpace and they were self-published authors. And I was like, I'm going to reach out to that person. <laughs> so, yeah. So it, it definitely, 
made me excited to, to publish books. But I will tell you that I haven't received as many submissions as I thought I would. And I don't know why. I, I don't know if it's because, you know, people are hesitant because we're a new publisher or if, you know, people don't think their story is that important. Um, and, you know, I, I can tell you that some of the people that I talked to that submitted, like, with a lot of hesitation, they have the best stories, you know, and I, I'm just like, God, I'm so glad you submitted this because this is, you know, what we're looking for. And I will just say, if you don't think your story is good enough, you're probably the one who I'm looking for. So. <laughs> Yes, I, I think that's true. It's like people give themselves such a hard time and think, oh, I'll be ready when X happens or when it's this good or when it's perfect. And it's never going to be perfect. And they're readers who are missing out because you're not putting it out there. Exactly. And, you know, and that's when you write about what you know, it's never going to be perfect because you're constantly evolving and, and you're constantly changing. And so, you know, what you wrote a month ago isn't good enough for, you know, you today. And, and that just always happens with really good writers. And I see people going back and editing and saying like, oh, let me change this. And I'm just like, no, 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 just leave it the way it is. Just finish it. That's it. We just want the first draft. And it's so hard for people to get that first draft. And it's because they keep on wanting to change things because they don't think it sounds good enough. But if it comes from the heart and if it comes from what you know, then chances are it's it's good. Yeah, absolutely. So how... How does the process, like when somebody submits with you, are they going to go through an editing process with you or should it have been edited to the point of being ready to publish before sending it? We have editors that we work with here, but we do like, um, you know, a nice polished manuscript. So what we typically like is a query letter, the synopsis of the book and, you know, what genre it fits into and, um, you know, who you see it marketable towards. Um, and maybe like a comparison of like three other books that somewhat compare to yours, kind of like, you know, when you're shopping on Amazon and they're like, oh, if you like this, you'll like this. So that's kind of what we're looking for. So we can kind of get an idea of where we can, you know, fit it in. Do you ask that you try to polish it up as much as possible, just, you know, grammar wise and punctuation wise, because that kind of throws you out of the story from time to time. If, if it's not, you know, correct. But as far as, you know, having it perfect and ready to be published, I wouldn't even worry about that. Um, we just ask for the first uh, 25 pages and, and your query. And, you know, if you can send that over to us, then that's great. And we'll do the rest. That's so cool. Well, I hope you're going to get a whole bunch of people from, from this. I hope so too. I feel like so many people have uh, stories waiting to be told and I just want to be that channel for them, you know? And I, it's, I love seeing people get their book published. Um, I worked with an author recently and she uh, got her book published through a small publishing house. And I told her, when your books come, when, when your publishing house sends you your books, I want you to videotape it for me. And, or, you know, video, like, phone video it for me or whatever. And she's like, okay. And she did. And, you know, she almost cried when she opened the box and saw her book and she touched the cover like it was made out of gold. And for her, that was gold. And 
I, I think it's a beautiful thing when you see, you know, your heart and soul actually tangible, something you're holding on to. And I want to be, you know, that publisher that's able to provide that for someone. Yeah. So I, I'm really excited to hear stories from different, you know, people and, and help different groups. And again, you know, our books, we're trying to make a difference in the community and uh, we'll be donating a portion of the proceeds to different nonprofits and charities. So uh, I think that's kind of what's going to set us apart. That's amazing. No, it's just sounds it's so I'm getting excited just listening. I mean, I've heard <laughs> from authors as well. Like, I remember Barry Tesler, who was our very first episode talking about how she shrieked so loud when she got her copies in the mail from her publisher that her husband ran downstairs to see if her leg had fallen off. And, uh, yeah. and then poor Natasha Dion, who uh, wrote Grace, she was also on the show and told the story about getting her galleys. They gave them to her in front of all these people she'd never met. And she said, I started ugly crying. And it was so intense. And I'm like, don't give someone galleys in front of a whole bunch of people at a conference. That's so intense. Yeah, it's it's funny because you you don't think it's going to have that sort of effect on you. But I think it's kind of like a culmination of like, oh, wow, like all those emotions you feel me while you write and all the emotions you feel me while you're trying to get a publisher and, you know, just everything. I mean, there, there's a lot that goes into it. But then you have this end reward that will last more than a lifetime. And it's it's amazing to see it in front of you like it, it's just one of those things where, you know, you where you can actually get emotions and and feelings into something like you typically can't do that with, you know, with anything you just and on the pages of a book like that's that's your whole life. That's, you know, the love of your life right there. So <laughs> it's really cool to just kind of see it. Um, affect different authors different ways and for the most part everybody kind of has the same reaction and it's it's yeah it's typically the ugly cry <laughs> <laughs> that could be like a hashtag like ugly ugly cry you know review copies or something I could see yeah. that being a PR campaign I know right it should be I should <laughs> that's a good idea I'm gonna do that <laughs> I think you should I can't wait to see it because it's so it's it really is it's like you there's so many beliefs about how you can't write a book or how your book can't come out or no one's going to read it or nothing's going to happen. And I think it's almost like we've all set ourselves up to fail feeling that way about a book when, you know, people write and publish books every day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, what was the number? I, I heard that there was like, it's like 5,400 books are being published daily. That was like an average or something like that that's just crazy. You know, there, that's just so many. And so there are so many books being published yet. We don't hear about all of them, right? Because they're not getting the publicity or marketing and attention um, that they should be getting. But, you know, at the same time, even though there's so many getting published, it, it doesn't take away from your work or what you've done. Uh, and I think that that's important to remember, you know, it's that, this is a lifelong goal for a lot of people. You know, a lot of people, the, their book that they're working on will be their only book. Um, or some people will transition into writing because of this book. And, you know, it, it's good to just enjoy it. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy what you're doing. Um, I think that is one of the reasons a lot of people come to me to help them with publicity because publicity tends to be kind of like the killjoy of it all. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's, we're used to it because we, we kind of 
end up being like salespeople for your book. You know, one of the things that they don't want is is to take that um, the original feeling fr- away from that. So, you know, when you market your book and you do PR for your book, it, it's definitely hard because you're competing with a lot of stuff out there. You're competing with things people already know about, um, but it's doable. And, you know, I think that people tend to, especially as creatives, we kind of tend to, you know, want to focus on, on one thing or the other. So if you're, you know, continuing to write, then you just kind of want to focus on your writing. And it's really hard to kind of, you know, set your brain in the, in the PR and marketing, you know, turn the PR and marketing side on. Um, Some people can do it. Some people can't, but if you can't, don't do it and and don't let it take the joy out of your finished product because a lot of times it will because it, it's it's definitely uh, a job in and of itself. Yeah, so if it's going to take the joy out of it, you want to get someone else to do it so that you can turn to the writing part and keep the joy going. Yeah, just I mean, just like with anything in life, right? Like I have friends that love cleaning their house, but you know, on the weekend, that's the last thing I want to do. So I have a maid, you know, and it's just like one of those things like you, you find people to do the things that you don't want to do that aren't going to take away from, you know, you enjoying something. Yeah, it's like, what are your strong suits? You know, you can't edit your own book. That's why you get an editor. Exactly, exactly. And you know, there's some people that will recognize that. There's some people that can do it all. And and there's some people that, you know, try to do it all and then they get frustrated and they give up and they just stop. And I think that's that's the dangerous part is, you know, if, if you're trying to do it all and you see that you're getting frustrated, like just ask for help. Like with us, we have people call us and they sound frustrated from the get-go like they sound super frenzied and and mad about the whole situation and I kind of have to talk them down and tell them hey you just you just wrote a book and (laughs) it just got published like that's awesome like let's let's remember that again you know like and and we have to kind of take a few steps back because the whole marketing and PR part of it has taken them out of that that fun zone and we kind of want to go back into the fun zone because you know, if you're trying to market your book and you're already in that like negative headspace, well, it's not going to work. I mean, that's pretty much with anything, right? Like you, it's hard to write in a negative headspace and it's really hard to promote something when you're already in a negative headspace. So, you know, we, we always give free consultations and sometimes authors that are doing it on their own will just call us and say, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Will it work? And, you know, we kind of guide them on, you know, the right path. Yeah. And obviously we don't like, we don't charge for that or anything like that. You know, we have people just call and, and just say like, I'm going to tear my hair out. Like, what should I do? And, and typically it's an easy fix. Well, I think that this has been an amazing good starter for people to be less afraid of PR. And it's great that they can turn to your book, which we'll link to as well, and your site, which has great resources. And I do really hope that if you're out there listening and you have, you're sitting on a manuscript that you consider sending it in. Yes, please, please do. I mean, we are, we're, we're looking for a ton of different voices and I'm sure that a a lot of your listeners will fill that gap for us. So I'm excited. And I hope that 
we get some um, some more submissions in from your listeners. Me too. Thank you so much, Natalie, for coming on. Awesome, Caroline. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Secret Library Podcast. The show is produced by me, Caroline Donahue, and Frederick Barry McWilliams Jr., my tireless audio engineer. To get show notes for this episode and all other episodes, please visit secretlibrarypodcast.com. To get updates, literary love, and notification when new episodes are posted, sign up there for Footnotes, my newsletter. And to learn about life coaching with me to work on building your writing life, visit carolinedonahue.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Gold stars to everybody who leaves a rating and review on iTunes. We're so grateful. Until next time, happy reading. 